Welcome to Thrive Deeper, an ongoing conversation with Dr. Matthew Jacoby, author of the Thrive Bible Reading Guides, teaching pastor and leader of the Psalmist Band Sons of Korah. Join us as we go deeper into the Bible, discussing the passages as we read them together with Thrive. Now here's your host, DJ Payne. G'day, g'day, it's DJ here, and I uh, just want to say a big thanks for joining us on episode three of Thrive Deeper. Now, this discussion uh, between Matt Jacoby and myself is uh, a really great one, if I do say so myself. It's where <laughs> we get into the book of Ezekiel, everything up to chapter 33, that first half of the book, and we look at the themes that we've already discussed. That is, that God's telling his people that, you know, I told you this was going to happen. I told you what would happen, and and not that you would be rejected by me, but that you'd come back to me, that I want to have a relationship with you. And we look into that, and that gets us into a deep discussion into forgiveness and restoration as part of God's plan. Now, I was really blessed to be part of this conversation. I think you will hear that, and it's our prayer and hope that you would be blessed as you listen to the conversation with me and Matt, as you read through the book of Ezekiel. Now, uh, there is so much exciting stuff happening behind the scenes. The Thrive Today team are working on some fantastic stuff. Cannot wait to be releasing all of this stuff to you. Uh, so keep listening after the conversation. I'll be back and let you know more about it. But that's enough from me for now. After the break, you can join me and Matt in conversation. All right, so... Uh when we were talking last time, we were, uh, you know, covering off, we're in the flow of Ezekiel where the judgments and it's getting darker and darker and darker and darker yeah. for, 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 uh, for Jerusalem, for Judah, yeah. you know, and everything like that. The, the, we've seen, you know, the pronouncements get worse and worse. We've seen the glory leave the temple. We've seen God keep on using through Ezekiel the, the idea that a marriage covenant has been broken, that something very sacred, a promise has been yeah. broken by them. You know, this yeah, that's is God, right. yeah. God's heart is breaking. What's next in this process? Well, um, the, the important thing there is that uh, because of this, you know, there, there is this rupture. There is this rupture in the relationship, and 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 Ezekiel, the darkness is that Ezekiel is announcing that this that Jerusalem is going to be decimated. Mm. Um, that theme finishes, of course, when Jerusalem is decimated. Mm -hmm. So it, that that message, um, uh, that message just keeps coming to them right up to the point. So that when it happens, mm. that they will know yeah. that God has spoken it and that he is God mm. and that he said it beforehand. Mm. It's This is that I told you this would happen. Mm. And hopefully by the point that it does happen, they will be in a position to understand why it's happened. Mm. By the time the messenger comes to the exiles, which is what happens in what we read about in, in Ezekiel 33, by that stage, they understand this yeah. is why uh, this has happened okay um so, yeah, so and, so and it's not it's not and we'll get there when we get there you yeah, know this is yeah. probably going to be in the next week or so when we get to that fantastic period yeah but on the way yeah. there when god i know that sometimes when we read this phrase you know and then you will know we put a human element to, to it it's almost like you just said it's more like we sort of go is it it's not i told you so 
No. It's not God yeah, standing yeah. there with folded arms going, no. I told you so. Yeah. You know, you didn't listen. It's it's yeah, it's him saying, I want you to know that I'm God. Yeah, right? yeah. And and when this happens, you'll remember what I what I've said. You'll remember the promises, you'll remember and and it's all it's all with the goal of getting them to realize that actually God is sovereign over this. Yeah. He's the one that directs the, the future. Mm. Mm. I saw. I saw. I was funny in reading this week through it. I was, uh, you know, thinking about a lot of the passages in that, and some other stuff that I've been looking at and studying at the moment has all been about shame. Mm. You know, about the concept of shame. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it was tying in perfectly with what we're reading with Ezekiel. Yeah. There's that sense that, yeah. you know, not that God is trying to shame them, but yeah. He's trying to alert them to what's actually going yeah. on. And then I ended up in Second Corinthians. I think it's chapter seven where. Paul is talking to the church at Corinth after the really yeah. hard letter we get in 1 yeah. Corinthians. And there's been other letters that he's been writing to the Corinthians. And then he gets into the middle of chapter 7 and he talks about that old school phrase that I grew up with, this, you know, this, um, you know, the sorrow that leads to repentance. Yeah. Yeah. And Paul talking about that's the reason why he's doing, and it's to point them back to God. And I was like, man, alive, this is echoing a, yeah. yet again yeah. what Ezekiel's talking about. And that's that's an important point because it sounds quite harsh when he says that in that day you will realize what you've done. He said there's a number of points where he says this. You'll realize what you've done and you will loathe yourself. Yeah. <laughs> read that. Hang on. You know, sort of modern psychology. Yeah. Like that's a, oh, that's, that's not good terrible. for self-esteem. Yeah, that's not good for your self-esteem. And, uh Whereas actually, clearly in Ezekiel, that's a desirable that's a desirable end, and it's not uh, it's not about um, uh, it doesn't the, end there. Yeah, it's it's not rejecting your inherent sense of worth. No, it's 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 owning what you have done. It's actually realizing uh, the extent uh, of your of your guilt and feeling the shame. Mm. You know, it's you know, shame is that experience of guilt, that sense of being. Of, of realizing uh, under the gaze of God mm. how far we've fallen from what we were meant to be. And that's mm. the key thing in Ezekiel. You know, you were meant to be this, you were meant to be a, a light to the nations, but you are going to be an object of horror and scorn to the nations. Mm. And then you will know, right? And then you will know, then you'll realize and you will loathe yourselves. In other words, you will loathe what you have become. Mm. And he wants them to loathe what they've become because he wants, wants to, to he wants to change that. Yeah, right? exactly. He wants to lead them on from that. So, mm. um, so that that I think is a is a really good connection actually with what Paul says there because mm. um, he is constantly wanting to bring us to that point where we take responsibility for the 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 guilt and the and the um, the dysfunction and all of all that is bad in our lives so that we can take responsibility for that and move on. Mm. So that's that's why that theme is so strong there in that first part of Ezekiel. Yeah, and I think it's important to sort of keep that end view in mind because if we sort of stop reading now, yeah. we get lost in that sense of shame. Yeah. And shame is such a powerful thing in so many people's lives today yeah. because if we don't deal with it in the right way or we don't keep reading, yeah. I think that's a real that's place right. where we we yeah. end up. Yeah, and that's a really important point because uh, it isn't as though God wants us to live in this state of constant shame. Mm. Mm. Uh, he he wants to he wants us to experience forgiveness. This is the point. This he mm. wants us to experience forgiveness and restoration. Mm. But in order for us to experience experience uh, forgiveness and restoration, we have to face 
the depth of what we've done. Mm. Um, and, and that's the experience when he says, and then you will loathe yourselves. And it's not, he's not saying that the ideal state of spirituality is that we're do this constant woe is me routine. Yeah. Uh, no, he wants us to move forward, but we have to take responsibility to do that. So yeah. that, that's, the, that's the idea. There. It's a healthy balance. Yeah. It's a healthy balance. Okay. So moving on from there, as we, as we keep, as we marching down to this dark point, uh, Ezekiel, you know, what does Ezekiel see next? You know, that God's doing. Well, there's, there's an interesting, uh, there's an interesting moment in chapter 20, actually, when, um, the elders come to Ezekiel. So they're living together in mm. in an area in Babylonia. Mm. And, and the elders are coming. They recognize that Ezekiel is a prophet. So they're constantly coming to him. Um, and they come to him to inquire of the Lord, right? Because mm. they want to know what's going on, what's happening, mm. what's good. They're really, they're, 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 you can imagine their confusion and their, and their, uncertainty and their sense of insecurity and and there are so many questions that they have right so they come to Ezekiel with all of these questions mm. uh to inquire of the Lord right and God says to Ezekiel they've come to inquire of me but tell them you know no I'm not going to let them inquire of me wow <laughs> and you think hang on isn't it good that they've come to inquire mm. of mm. God mm. well yes in a way but they're still in this mode of um, inquiry that is something like the practice that was common in the ancient Near East, uh, where you would go to the to the you would consult the the omen the yeah. omens yeah 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 you know you would, like you go to a shaman or the witch doctor yeah, yeah that's or the right holy yeah person. so you would so that you would go to the prophet in in yeah. in ancient Near Eastern terms meant the guy that cut out. Uh, cut open the animal and practiced ecstasy, yeah. uh, which is the practice of observing the entrails to yeah. see, determine the future. Yeah. Um, uh, now, um, as a footnote, I may add, actually, there's one point, I forget the chapter right now. It's um, when he's talking about Babylon, uh, actually, uh, chapter 21, mm. um, where he says that the um, Nebuchadnezzar is going to come to a fork in the road and he's going to decide between two cities mm. and he's going to consult the omen uh, and he's going to practice ecstasy. Uh, mm. So he's going to, you know, consult the entrails. And God says, I'm going to cause it to point towards Jerusalem. Wow. So that he goes and attacks Jerusalem. Wow. So wow. it's I'm interesting as a footnote yeah, that yeah, God yeah. even works through that yeah, means wow. to, to get uh, yeah. to get things uh, where where he wants them to go. So, I mean, that's interesting. Um but at this stage, they're almost approaching God a little like this. Yeah. We want to get the information. We want to see the future. We want to find mm. out what's happening. Like mm. we're, we're consulting the oracle kind mm. of thing. Mm. Mm. And God's saying, no, no, we're not going to do that. No. Why? Because you need to know that I'm God. Mm. And like you're coming to me with all of these questions, but I've been trying to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to talk yeah. to you all of this time, right? Mm. And until you listen to what I'm trying to tell you, mm. I'm not going to answer any of those other questions. In fact, you're not going to even be in a position to understand any answers to those questions until you actually listen to what I'm saying to you. So this is God saying, yeah, we're going to have a conversation, but it's going to be on my terms. Wow. You, I'm not going to come down and be your oracle and your omen giver and your God with a small g like mm. the other gods. No, mm. I am the Lord. I'm going to be God to you or nothing else. Mm. So... So we're going to have this conversation because uh, then, it, you know, he goes on uh, and he says, 
um, uh, he says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, This is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's just this is what the sovereign Lord says. Uh, have you come to inquire of me? As surely as I live, I will not let you inquire of me, declares the sovereign Lord. And he means in that case, I'm not going to let you inquire of me just like I'm some kind of oracle. And then he says to Ezekiel, will you judge them? Will you, uh, will you judge them, son of man? Then confront them with the detestable practices of their ancestors and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Hmm. So God, it's not that he doesn't want to speak to them. Hmm. He's just saying, I'm not going to have this conversation hmm. uh, on uh, on my terms. Now, the other inter- interesting things thing here is that taking responsibility for them means not just taking responsibility for what they've done. They actually have to take responsibility for what their ancestors yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Now that's an interesting because that's an interesting concept because we tend to think far too individualistically. Mm. Um, whereas in a in a biblical worldview, while we're not directly held guilty for the the sins of our ancestors, mm. we are nevertheless there's a there's an element of responsibility mm. that that we must take. In as much as we we have to take responsibility for each other, mm. you know, mm. um, you know, uh, um, Cain's question: Am I my brother's keeper? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you are. in a way, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, everyone is responsible for everyone, mm. and so, uh, you know, that that's that's the sort of, that's the biblical worldview, and so uh, the standard confession, as the Psalm says, and I think it's Psalm hundred and early hundreds, 107, 106 maybe, uh, where it says, we have sinned, Lord, even as our fathers did. Hmm. So that's the standard formula for, for confession is recognizing not only what I've done, but recognizing that I am walking in a pattern of practice hmm. that was established uh, long before. So it's not it's not that it's, it's sort of like in a simple way when the elders come and they want to inquire of Ezekiel and God <laughs> gives them this, it's not that Ezekiel is saying God's not talking, but it's almost like, Hold on, we've yeah. got to deal with this issue. We've got to deal with this issue first. first. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's almost again in that relational way that he's just coming off the back of talking of a yeah. marriage. Yeah, it's almost having a yeah. cheating husband come and wanting to move on. You go, hang on, yeah, we yeah. have to deal yeah. with this first. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what Good God is saying. Yeah. yeah, God is saying, no, no, this is the agenda we're talking about. Yeah. And until you're ready to talk about yeah. this, there will be no yeah. further. Yeah, you know, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so what? So the elders, uh, do the elders hear that message? Um, look, I think um, I think it does get through. Now, now this is all uh, reading from history. Yeah, something got through to these people. Now, it's- again, these are just to reiterate in case anybody's coming late or forgetting. We're talking about Ezekiel, the prophet, and the exiles that are already in yeah, Babylon. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you know, we're talking about this group here. Yeah. That, that that almost it's almost in a sense that God, even though they're in captivity, God has spared them. Yeah, you know, God has, that's has right. got them yeah. there as a remnant. Yeah, that's right. So, um, and and in fact, he's already referred to that through Ezekiel. He's already said to Ezekiel, "I'm going to spare some," you know, because mm. it has those oracles where it says, "This a, to a third of them, this is going to happen; to a third of them, that's going to happen; and the other third, this is going to happen." And yeah. it's all judgment. Think, hang on, there's no one left. Yeah, <laughs> but because you think, well, that's the, the maths isn't very good. But uh, but actually, he's all also saying, but I I am sparing a remnant. Actually, mm. and they were they were the remnant mm. uh, there in exile. And there's a few thousand of them at this at this in, in this point, and they're going to be joined by an, another uh, probably about another ten thousand um, after five eighty six after the city is destroyed. There's another whole lot that come into exile, but at this point up to. Um, 
chapter 33, uh, there's that deportation that from um, Jerusalem that Ezekiel was part of that was yes. sent into exile. Yes. So that's that few thousand. So they're all living there. Uh, the people of Judah, they're living there. They're in exile. Now, at some point, clearly the message got through mm. because actually the nation that emerges in after 539 BC, the nation that comes out of exile the other side, mm. uh, uh, never turns to idols again. Yeah. I mean, well- not in that form. Yes, yes. Not in the form that previously yes. was. It's yeah. actually a completely redefined people. Yeah. And they, they, they are willing to leave what were actually livelihoods, in a lot of cases quite good livelihoods in Babylon, because mm. they made lives for themselves there. Mm. They were prepared then, after decades, to leave everything and yeah. go back into uncertainty on the strength of the oracles of Ezekiel and Daniel yeah. and the visions of Daniel to go back and be a part of the purpose of God. And I think that's an important point to zoom out and have a look at that bigger picture that we yeah. we are blessed to have because we are living in yeah. this year now and look back in history and go that part of this process that God is doing through Ezekiel yeah. is to build a foundation yeah. of a new relationship. That's right. Yeah. You know, this is foundational parts of a new relationship yeah. that he's going through. So even though it sounds hard, there's a hope coming. Yeah, that's right. And and this is, you know, this is um, a lot of the visions in the second half of Ezekiel are pointing forwards, mm. you know, to that period, to a new people of God. And, and that begins to be fulfilled with the return. So as I said, that's to underscore the fact that something significant happened among these people. They really did cry out to God. There's some amazing Psalms actually written during this period, mm. you know, um, uh, you know, Psalm 130, probably an exilic psalm. Out of the depths I cry to you. You know, look, you know, it, it's some real amazing heart cries come out mm. of this time. They did, they did seek God, you know, mm. by the rivers of Babylon. There we sat and wept mm. when we remembered Zion, you know, mm. uh, this is them weeping and pouring out their hearts like water before the Lord, as, as Jeremiah tells them to mm. do in Lamentations mm. chapter two. So it's so a powerful time. It's a powerful time, actually. And I wish we knew more. Actually, I wish, I wish there was more, uh, information that we had about, yeah. about that process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So looking ahead, you, you mentioned it before, like we're coming out of chapter 20, looking at 21, and we've mentioned it a few times, but let's really, um, drill down into this. And this is a hard concept for us to get through in our modern, yeah. modern minds. Yeah. But in the big picture. Yeah. God. In God's hand, as his tool, yeah. was Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. Yeah. He Babylon is called, I think in 21, the sword. The sword of yeah. God's judgment. Yeah. That is incredible yeah. because when and it doesn't let Nebuchadnezzar or the Babylonians no, off from any judgment, no. but the fact that God today can be using world governments, yeah. nations in his plan, yeah. and we might think of these people as a you know, yeah. the enemy or the other, yeah. God, God's like, I've got it all under control here. This yeah, is that's going, right. This is going to my, my plan. Yeah, so the message of Jeremiah, for example, is constantly, you, you need to go with this. You need to submit to the king of Babylon because yeah. he's my, uh, you know, he's my uh, emissary. He's the sword of my uh, yeah. discipline on you. And, in fact, it's going to say the same thing about Cyrus. Uh, uh, Isaiah says the same thing about Cyrus, wow. who sets the people free in 539 mm. um, at the end of their exile. You know, he refers to Cyrus as my servant. 
This is, again, an expression of the fact that God is God. He is the sovereign Lord over all of the earth. And he uses the nations. And in this case, he's using Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the interesting thing is here, as you said, this doesn't let Nebuchadnezzar off the hook. This, this doesn't mean that, therefore, everything that Nebuchadnezzar does is right. Actually, um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar uh, has to face judgment himself. Mm. And uh, actually, when we get to talking about Daniel, which is we, the next uh, book that we're going to We read, see that, yeah. We see that Nebuchadnezzar ends up going mad and eating grass well, like an animal. We, well, let me, you know, if you haven't got there yet, uh, we'll hear from Nebuchadnezzar himself. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll actually <laughs> yeah. get his own very words. Yes, yeah, we'll get his testimony about yeah, how God we, humbled him. So It is fascinating. Yeah, it is. And... And, you know, there are these judgments on Babylon as an empire, you know, mm. for all of, or, you know, not just, it's not just about Nebuchadnezzar, but that Babylon's going to be destroyed. Mm. Um, uh, in fact, we're told that it's going to be, it will be destroyed in one day without a battle. Mm. And of course, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Cyrus uh, finds Come a through. sneaky way into yeah. the walls and takes over the city at night. Um, so, uh, so they're still held accountable, but even the wrongdoing, mm. And the cruelty mm. uh, of of a nation like Babylon that's just bent on ambition and, and taking over the world and being like, God's going to use that. Yeah. In in some paradoxical way, God says, they're doing it for this reason, but I'm going to use it for this reason. Mm. This is the paradox of God's mm. sovereignty mm. at work. Mm. And look, I want to get really specific. I was reading, because I was literally reading this this morning, and and I'm, and we're not getting political here at all, yeah. but we're living in, in, in mid-2018, yeah. all right? Love him or hate him. Oh, you're going to be careful. I'm, I'm going there. Love I'm going to go there. Love him or hate him. Donald Trump, the, Ameri- the American president, as uh, in 2018, uh, the president of the USA. Now, I'm not. A, I'm not assuming any. I'm not. I'm not coming out one side or another. But let's assume the worst about you know uh, his motivation, you know, and where his heart's at. And again, I'm only. I'm painting this as a picture. He he might. Someone, his an aide might come to him and say, "You've got a great op, you know, television op, a chance at the Nobel Peace Prize. We we can free some North Korean prisoners, fly out here, and we bring him home, and everything like that. Fantastic. Let's assume the very worst of why he's doing that. But meanwhile, God has got three North Korean Christian pastors who were jailed for praying." Mm. Out of North yeah. Korea, like God is at work, yeah. despite what yeah. we see, and wherever our political persuasion yeah. is, whoever's in charge, God is doing something yeah. behind the scenes. There's a lot of it, it's it's a good point because there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, and I experience this sometimes through the eyes of my children who who get wind of you know world events yeah. and and you know uh, Kim Jong and 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 Trump and and Syria and yeah. Russia and yeah. and oh the world you know the world seems so uncertain. But it's a wonder, it's wonderful to be able to say over all of this, God is sovereign. And if we walk in the pathway of God, yeah. then we are, we are on a sure thing. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy no, for us, no. but it is a sure thing. God's yeah. purpose is going to triumph. Yeah. That's the important thing. And that's mm-hmm. what comes through Ezekiel. It's what comes through all of the prophets, what finally comes through the book of Revelation yeah. that despite what's happening yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah, in yeah, world yeah, events, yeah. Yeah. God is sovereign and he's, he's going to move everything in, in his sovereign and even paradoxical way, yeah. 
to where he's and this going. is why this is why I love the book of Ezekiel because it shows us a bigger narrative. Yeah. We yeah. get lost in the moments of yeah. time that yeah. we're stuck in, yeah. but we see a bigger story being told. Yeah. And and I love this whole thing about yeah. Uh, yeah. you know Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon being. And this is that. this is probably uh, the point, maybe just to mention. I know we're jumping forward, and there's a couple of things we might want to jump back into. Yeah, but. Right in the middle of Ezekiel, there are these oracles about the nations mm. and and God's judgment upon all of the nations. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've noted in the last episode how it says that, and then it says, "And then they will know that I am God." So mm. even their judgment. Um, and you think, did that did that go out? You know, like, because he's talking to these nations, but the fact is, they those nations like Philistia and Tyre and Sidon and Egypt and Ammon and all of these nations that he talks to, they would never have heard that prophecy. Mm. Uh, but this is, it's well, actually, you, well, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, well we we, but actually, the audience for that actually was the people of Judah in exile. Yeah. Because they're they're saying, what about? But we, you know, what about these other other nations? And he said, I'm going to deal with those other nations, yeah, yeah. Um, to the end that they would know that that I am God. Uh, mm-hmm. But right now, I'm I'm dealing with you, and I'm dealing with your issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fully. Uh, okay, so marching through as, as as we're heading through again. That idea of there a bigger picture, but we actually have to live through life, and it's never. It's yeah. it's not always <laughs> rosy for the follower. No. Now Ezekiel is a prophet of God, knowing God in an intimate way that we, yeah. you know, we couldn't imagine. You know, yeah. like like the way that God is using him. But then we get a really sad moment, a reality check in Ezekiel the prophet's life. Yeah, his wife. Yeah, she dies, and God says to Ezekiel, uh, "You're not allowed to mourn her." It seems That's- outlandish. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember when I first read, read that, I thought, that's terrible. You know, for all that Ezekiel's done, yes. now are you going to be that, you yeah. know, are you, it's like cruel to, yeah. to Ezekiel. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Does, did Ezekiel, I mean, surely Ezekiel's heart must have been breaking in that moment. Yeah. Now, the, because, because he mentions his wife earlier, doesn't he? Like in, in earlier in the book, he mentions something about her, how... She supported him, or something. Am I? Have I got that oh, wrong? I'm not sure. About but they that. were together yeah. at least. I mean, he's, that's know. right. They, they were there together, and she yeah. dies in exile, which obviously would have been would have been terrible for Ezekiel. Now, throughout the book, we have this pattern of Ezekiel himself embodying a message. Yeah. You know, he has to lie on his side. He has to shave his head. He has yeah. to. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. All the things that he has to do. He has to dig through a wall. Yeah, you know, yeah. he be, he builds a he little model to, of the. He of has it. to yeah, demonstrate yeah. the message, and so they're getting used to this thing. And what is Ezekiel doing now? Yeah. Like he's doing all of these strange things, and it's to get through in 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 the most impacting form. Demonstrate Ezekiel demonstrating the message. Now, in this case, it's actually not that Ezekiel. It's not that Ezekiel isn't allowed to grieve. It doesn't say that he's not allowed to grieve. Okay. 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 What what is what God is saying is that I don't want you to go through the standard forms of mourning, like the ritual. That yeah, the, the rituals. Yeah. Okay. And there were uh, rituals that required time. You know, there, there, it was like a standard month uh, of oh, mourning okay. and things that you would do. Yes. And God is saying to Ezekiel, uh, "I'm not going to let you do that because you are. I'm going to. I want to show them what's about to happen." And what's about to happen in Jerusalem is that there's about to be a bloodbath and they're going to be sent into exile. They're not going to have time to mourn the dead. The dead are going to be left there, uh, 
un, unburied. Mm. Uh, and they're, they're not going to have time to go through the customary time of mourning because they're going to be, they're going to be, um, taken into exile. So it's, uh, it's, it's saying, it's saying to Ezekiel that he needs to demonstrate this. So you can grieve privately. God is saying, but I don't want you to go through the ceremonies, the customary ceremonies of mourning. So they find out Ezekiel's wife has died, but he's not, he's not going through, he's not wearing the right clothes and he's not sitting in ashes. He's not, he's not doing all the things that, that is a customary. And, 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 and especially not the things that a righteous, holy man would yeah, be that's doing. Right. Especially they've got to follow these laws and that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, and then they come, why, why are you doing this? Mm. And then the message comes across. It's because actually in this case, Ezekiel is embodying what's happening to every, what's about to happen to everyone else. What's happening to Ezekiel, the being bereaved, but unable to go through the proper mourning. That's exactly what's just about to happen to the people uh, in Jerusalem. Mm. That's, that's powerful. Let's wrap up, uh, you know, you know, for this part here where we're going to. Is there any other thought that we want to leave now in, in the book of Ezekiel as we're heading into the next part, as we're heading into this darkest period? Well, um, probably just one uh, one topic, I think, in the midst uh, of the oracles to the nations. Mm. I think it's worth saying something about this uh, as we move away from this first half of Ezekiel. And that is this strange reference to the king of Tyre and the way that the king of Tyre is uh, is, is characterised. Uh, I'll, I'll read it. Uh, it. It says in um, uh, chapter 28, um, In the pride of your heart you say, I am a god. I mm. sit on the throne of God in the heart of the seas, but you are a mortal, not a god. And then it goes on um, and it says um, further on, it it, it refers to uh and i haven't got the exact section in front of me okay. uh here but um it talks about him being um uh it characterizes him like satan yes uh, as as we move on and uh, you know a lot of people have asked this oracles about the king of tyre and you were an angel and adorned in glory and uh uh, it even refers to the king of Tyre as a cherub, the guardian cherub of the Garden of Eden. It mm. says you were in Eden, mm. and but you and it talks about his pride and how he coveted. And um, so, is it talking about the king of Tyre or is it talking about Satan? Uh, it's talking about Satan. Well, yeah. it's actually talking about both. Mm. Um, and in fact, uh, Ezekiel. Uh, I actually printed out the wrong uh, the wrong text here. That's right. Uh, right. But it, he is actually. Connecting, um, he's characterizing the king of Tyre uh, in terms of Satan himself. Wow. You know, so, you know, the, the kind of pride that the king of Tyre is, is, is experiencing and this godlike, yeah. you know, because he claims to be a god, uh, this is actually the same this as. This is actually the same as the, the, what happened uh, with, with Satan. And so, uh, so it actually. I think we can say that it does say something behind the scenes mm. about what actually happened uh, back there mm. uh, at the start. That at the actually, fall. yeah, at the fall, I and mean, it talks about Satan as being the guardian cherub of the Garden of Eden. Mm. 
Mm. And that, uh, you know, arrayed in glory as an angel of God mm. and yet experience this, uh, this opportunity to come out from under God, deceive the man and the woman, uh, and start a rebellion with them mm. away from God. Mm. But in that sense, hide behind the man and the woman, you know, mm. because, uh, because Satan, uh, you know, Satan sees that they are given this realm of earth as yeah. their dominion and what yeah. they say goes. So he tricks them into essentially giving him permission mm. to stay mm. uh, on, on the earth. And mm. so um, it's, a, it's, a interesting, uh, it's an interesting insight into, into this uh, spiritual reality uh, yeah. behind things. And it reminds us, if I can I'll just say this too, it reminds us actually – that behind, I mean, we already talked, we've just talked about behind the to and fro of the nations, there is the sovereignty of God. Mm. But the other thing that's behind the, uh, the, the nations, the to and fro of the nations is the work of the evil one of Satan. Mm. It was a reality, uh, there as well. And ultimately what we see in Revelation is the, the, the nations being inspired, as it were, by Satan himself and God, uh, triumphing. Uh, over the, the work of uh, of Satan, do you think Nebuchadnezzar? Do you think um, Do you think Ezekiel and the listeners and the readers understood and saw that <clears throat> as a as a? Do you think they just kept it literal or that? Or how early did the did the did the Jews see this as talking yeah. about the evil one, or was yeah. it a later later? Um, he he seems to have in view. Uh, he, he does. He has in view uh, Genesis. Yeah. So so they had that. Mm. Um, so that's what he's referring because he refers you were in you were in Eden. Mm. Uh, so that's that's so there is that background knowledge to make sense of this, mm. and so they're they're thinking back ah oh, Eden, Satan tempting the. Yep. So they had that background to make okay. sense of it. Okay. What what more they had uh, we we don't know because actually what we've got is as much scripture as there was up to this uh, point, which was. At this stage, just the Torah, just the first five books uh, of the Bible. So it's one of those moments again where one passage can be saying two, yeah, two that's different right. things. Yeah, uh, yeah it- but explicitly the case. I mean, we need to be careful about that. Otherwise, we can make any passage say anything. Yeah. In this case, it's explicitly the case that this uh, that one thing is being used as a type of another thing. Now, this happens a lot in prophecy, particularly messianic prophecies, uh, where... I'm talking about this, but there's there's this double element to this. It gets me so excited when we see glimpses of the Messiah, the messianic prophecies that are buried in Ezekiel, both subtly and then very explicitly as uh, as God speaks through Ezekiel. Isn't it fantastic? Lo, I hope you had a, a great time listening to that. We'll be back next week. But before you go, make sure you visit thrivetoday.net. If you're hearing this through some other link or someone has shared it through you or you found it through iTunes, make sure you head over to our website, thrivetoday.net.au. We are working very hard on it behind the scenes to make it a destination that you want to come back to. Bookmark it and, uh, you know, keep subscribed there. It's also a great way to get questions to us. You can get questions directly to us through the website. If you've got anything that you're reading through in the Thrive booklets and you want to get them to us, that's the best way. All right, I'm DJ Payne and I'll talk to you next week.
for listening to Thrive Deeper. If you have questions you would like answered, contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thrive Deeper or at the Thrive Today website where you can also subscribe to the Thrive Daily Bible Reading Guide. That's at thrivetoday.net.au. Until next time, Thrive.